would you turn to your neighbor, just say hello, greet each other as the band continues playing.
are singing great today. Doesn't it make you feel good just to shout out our God? Our God. He is our God. We can call him our own. As we continue singing this next song, Hosanna, and just singing praises to the Lord this morning, we want you to lift your hearts and just be so thankful for the salvation that God has given us.
welcome to Crossroads. We're glad you're here today. Aren't you glad to get out? Amen. We're glad to glad you made a path out of your place. Some of you got more snow than others, but we're thanking God for all that He's done. Uh, would you please pass the friendship folders this morning? We're glad that you're here today. And uh, as we continue to uh, just give you a few announcements this morning, uh, just a few thoughts here. Our Wednesday evening, God is doing great things on Wednesday night here at the church. This past Wednesday, we had to cancel due to the snow just came down at the oddest of times. And uh, we try to never to cancel. So if, you, uh, you know, if you're wondering if we're canceled, uh, it's typically no. But that was a rare event that we were canceled. But if you do, uh, if we do cancel, if, you're, if your kid is in one of our programs, you'll be notified through their systems, through their text and their email systems. Uh, and if uh, through one of the small groups, hopefully your small group leader will catch you. And, uh, and then also, if, uh, if, if check our website and our Facebook. We'll put it all up there. But uh, we try to never cancel on Sunday morning. And uh, Wednesday night, every now and then, we do cancel just due to bad weather. But if we get a blizzard, I guarantee you, it'll be me, right? I live close enough. Well, it'll be me, and, uh, and, but we'll do what we can do. Um, just, a, just a few thoughts on Wednesday night. Our Canopy Kids, God's doing some great things down there. That's from uh, cradle to about fifth grade. And then we also have over at um, Straight Street, our Connect students from 6th through 12th grade. Great things are happening over there. As a matter of fact, they're having a retreat coming up. Our, uh, our, our middle and high school students are having a retreat on February the 6th, the weekend of February the 6th. And so if you're, if you're a parent and you would like to know inf- more information about that retreat, they're having a parent meeting after the service today in the, uh, uh, in the gymnasium. So please uh, attend that at 12.15 if you're a parent of a middle or high school student. Um, and then uh, we have our adult small groups. We have a group for men. We have a group for women. Fantastic Bible teaching in all these groups. We have Financial Peace University. You can still jump in on Financial Peace University. Uh, get a handle on your finances from a biblical perspective. And uh, we're excited about all these opportunities. But uh, again, God is doing great things. I'm hearing so many things happening in the, in the life of our people. God is touching your life. God is moving, and we're just excited about it. One of the great ways that we've seen God move is uh, this birthday gift to Jesus. Uh, we have gone over to the, to the amount of $78,617. Let's give our God a hand. Amen? How exciting. And uh, just to watch, continue, watch God continue to bless. And we're going to hear back from our missionaries here in the next few weeks. And we're, we're getting some, things, some feedback from them that we'd like to share with you. And uh, we're excited about that God used you to do that great thing. And um, as we give to the Lord this morning, I just want to remind you that uh, God's given you 100% of what you have. And as we give to Him, as, uh, as Al Zabritsky said one night on a Saturday night, he said that uh, we, we give God 10%, and Lord, you let us keep the rest. And how exciting is that, that God lets us keep the rest. And so I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward at this time. And as our ushers come forward, I'm going to ask Pastor Al Finney to come up. Pastor Al has been, um, he's, ha- he's had a health condition, as most of you know, many of you know, and um, his eyes were closed since Thanksgiving. So Al, God's done some powerful things. Would you give us a report back what God's doing, and then would you pray over the offering this morning? Thanks, Pastor Ken. Thank you so much for all the prayers and encouragements. It's been quite a journey, and uh, through it all, the Lord has proven himself to be faithful. He says that the Lord is good. He's a stronghold in any time of trouble, and he cares and he knows those who trust in him. And I just am so personally grateful for that. And I just want to thank my wife uh, publicly because she led me around literally uh, for two months. And so she put up with a lot and uh, just thankful for her. Uh, As we go to uh, take our collection today, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we want to thank you so much. Uh, Lord, you let us know that It is a good thing to give thanks to you, to proclaim your loving kindness every morning and your faithfulness every evening. And Lord, today as a body of of yours, Lord, we just want to proclaim your loving kindness by not only singing praises to you, by hearing and being nurtured from your word, but also by giving back to you, Lord, a portion of that which you've given to us. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness, for your goodness. In Jesus' name. Amen. As we give to the Lord, let's give our God a hand for what he's done for Pastor Al.
great found in the small. A full life of potential in a heartbeat. A massive tree in an acorn. Trillions of atoms in a speck of dust. So much said in a look. So much history in a scar. So much comfort in silence. The faith to move mountains in a seed. The greatest gift in pennies. A timeless sacrifice in a few breaths. The greatest of man in a servant. The universe is great in the small. Stars 1,000 times the size of Earth, just specks in the sky. Salvation in the simplest of prayers. The gift of eternity in an instant. Freedom from bondage in a choice. Fullness of life in the darkest of times. Power of resurrection in a word. The greatest significance in the smallest of steps. Can you see it? May we all come to see the great in the small. Small things, big difference. We've started a series in January here. Uh, small things, big difference. When, you, when you're thinking about your life, 
I want to encourage you that small things will reap big benefits in your life. Uh, when, when you look at, the, look at what, what a little thing can do that will change your life and give you a big difference. I found that in many areas of life, and your spiritual life is also one of those great areas of your life. Uh, for as, as we're thinking of your spiritual life, many times we think, well, I want to go so far, but yet it's just the small things that I can really do. And as I just do a few small things, God begins to change my life, and I reap major benefits. I see big difference happen in my life. We started out, we said that uh, people have habits. Uh, when you think of a habit, you typically think of a good, ha- a good habit or a, a bad habit. And most of the time, unfortunately, we think of bad habits, right? We think of a bad habit that I'd like to drop, I'd like to get rid of. But uh, we've been talking about some good habits, some small things, some small good habits that will actually give a big difference in your life. The first week we said that you want to have time in Christ's presence. Uh, on, the, on the table in the foyer, you'll see there's a, a table out there. Uh, where there are Bible reading programs. If, if you haven't picked one up, I encourage you to pick one up. We have from five minutes a day all the way to reading the Bible through in a year. And wherever is your, your point that you say, okay, I can do that. Uh, but just begin. And maybe you've taken one of those and you said, well, I've begun and I'm already off a week. Well, guess what? It's okay. Those are just the guide. It's to help you. And now you say, okay, this is where I left off and I'm just going to continue. Uh, the next thing we said that you have to have accountability. Um, if you're going to grow, you have to, you have to be accountable. You need people on the outside of you that will come and, and help you and agree with you, come alongside of you, help, hold you accountable to God. And then we said last week about the Bible. We said you want to hide the Bible in your heart. Hide God's Word in your heart. And we gave you a, a verse to, as you left on a, on a card. It's uh, Joshua 1.8. And uh, we asked you to memorize that. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So we encourage you to start memorizing. And maybe you want to memorize one verse a week or one verse every other week. So what we've done today in the foyer on the same table that have the Bible reading plans, we've, uh, we've made packets of verses. And each one, uh, there's a, each bundle, they're bundled, there's 26 verses. And we've just selected 26 verses we thought would be encouraging to you. And maybe you can memorize one every other week. And uh, just take that and put it in. And at the end of the year, you'll have 26 verses memorized. Or maybe you say, I can do one a week. And then after, after this will be your starter. And then you can take, flip it over and write other verses on the backside. And at the end of the year, you'll have 52 verses. But I want to just encourage you, take them. They're free. Just go over, over there and take them. We want to give you tools to help you. I, I don't want to just give you some nice thoughts on Sunday morning and, and that's it. It's just a nice thought and by Tuesday it's gone. We want to see life transformation. And it comes by doing some small things. And if we can put some small things into your hands, I believe that God will make a big difference. Because He's God. And, uh, and that's what He does. So those tools are out there. And today we're going to talk about the I. We said that I gave you an acrostic of habits. Today the I is involved in serving. Uh, we, want, we want to encourage you to be involved in serving. And when you think about serving, you always think of the the church whenever we're asking for help, you know? Uh, the church needs uh, more help in the children's ministry. The church needs more help with the grounds crew. Uh, they need help with vacation Bible school. They need help with so many things. And that, that is true. We, we, um, we have volunteers everywhere that are moving this church forward. We're moving across the field together. We're moving the ball down the field, and we do it as a team. Uh, there's no one-man show. You can't do that. You need a whole team to, to, work the, to work this. But uh, when you hear those things come up, I want to encourage you that it's the small thing that will make a big difference in your life by serving. And when you think about serving, you, you typically think of the need. But what if it's not about the need? What if it's not about the need? You, you, you hear the need and you say, well, I know I could help in the children's ministry. I can go down there, but I'm too busy. I, I just have too many things going on. Or, you know what, the kids might not like me. Um, uh, you know, and, and you start coming up with these excuses. Or maybe I just don't have enough Bible knowledge. I just, I just don't know enough about the Bible. And you start to make up all these excuses. And what happens is, what if the, this concept of serving wasn't about the need, and it's really that you're missing out by not serving? By choosing to be uninvolved, you're missing a blessing of God. 
What if there's a blessing and something that God has for you as you step out and you begin to serve and you say, well, uh, you know, I really don't particularly like to do some of these things, but, you know, we don't, it's not always about serving. It's not always about what we like. I, I said in the first service, you know, we have people who serve in the nursery, and I don't know too many people that are gifted at changing diapers, you know. I, I don't see the spiritual gift of diaper changing anywhere in the Bible, okay. But it's serving, and they're stepping out. And I've seen people all over our church, they go in, they serve in different areas. And as they step up to serve, they are challenged. And right there's the moment where your faith begins to grow at that challenge. And so it's not about the need. Chances are the church will roll on whether you sign up or not. You hear them crying for help. You hear the worship team crying for help. Uh, we've had music every Sunday. Yeah, they're always crying. They need more instruments. We need more people. You know what? When you jump in and they're, they're serving up here, guess what? They've received the blessing because they stepped out in faith. Uh, the children's ministry. You know what? We'll reorganize it. We had to put everybody into one room down there. We can figure that out, right? But the more people that step up, God gives more people a blessing because they've stepped out and they've been challenged. And so it, it may be that you're missing out. By not serving, it may be that you're missing out on something. Not that the ministry's missing out. I, definitely they're missing you. They love to have you. But the bigger person, the bigger thing is that you're missing out because there's a, a connection there of your faith and, and serving. When you, when you serve and your faith, there's a connection there. And why is that? Well, that is, first of all, because God has saved you to serve. That's the first thought in your notes this morning. God has saved you to serve. Um, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 is, uh, powerfully illustrates this for us. As you look at uh, Ephesians chapter 2, up in verse 1, he says that God made you alive. You were once dead in your sins, but God has made you alive in Christ. And that was the whole mission of Jesus. He came to this earth to make you alive. And so as part of being alive, look at what Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says here. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, verse 9, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so there's, uh, these verses give us a, a powerful thought here. There's, there's three really big thoughts there. Number one is that eternal life is a gift from God. Um, it, is, it is his gift. He's given you a gift. It is by his grace. The second thought there is that it's not because of your good works. Your good works do not get you into heaven. Uh, your service in the church does not get you into heaven. So we're talking about service. It's not, uh, that is not what this is about. You do not gain any more favor with God by serving in the church or by helping a homeless person or giving your money to the poor or any need that you may need, uh, that you may meet. However, the third thought is that you are God's masterpiece. See, he, the verse says there that we are his workmanship. We are his masterpiece. Uh, the, the, the word there, it's, it's a word, it, it's like, meaning like a man wrote a poem. He made a masterpiece. Can, consider an artist who's made a masterpiece. He's taken the time. He's shaped it. That's what God says that you are. You are his masterpiece. He has shaped you all along the way. And he's shaped you to be his masterpiece. And the masterpiece is for his service. He didn't create you to be a masterpiece that is just sitting on the shelf. He didn't say, I'm going to save you. I'm going to come to the earth and, and die and give you eternal life and come back to life again himself. He, he said, I did all that to save you. And not just so that you'll go to heaven, but that I can make you my masterpiece. And to save you to do good works. And yet, and, and furthermore, he says that he's had a plan from eternity past for the good works that you'll do. Now, you want to think about power and meaning to your life. God has a plan for your life that he has established from long ago. And he has saved you. You've trusted Christ as your Savior. You've opened your heart and you said, yes, God, I, I accept you. I want you in my life. And you've begun to grow. And he's working. And you know what? You may look back at the hard times in your life and you remember a tough time. Well, you're his masterpiece. He's shaping you. You said that was a really painful moment. God was there. And he's shaping you to be his masterpiece. 
Uh, and you look at the good times. He's shaping you there too. And you look throughout your whole life and what he's doing, he's made this beautiful masterpiece that he has said, this is my pa- masterpiece to accomplish a purpose. The purpose of serving. I want you to serve. I want you to be involved. I have good works that I want you to do. And, uh, and you know, when we think about that, uh, you think how powerful God is that he would care enough to, to not only save you and give you a home in heaven, but to give you a plan and a purpose here, to give you meaning in life. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, It is he who saved us and chose us for his holy work, not because we deserve it, but because that was his plan long before the world began, to show his love and kindness to us through Christ. Um, it was God's plan. He chose you to be a part of his holy work. Now, you want to feel pretty powerful? You want to feel pretty special about your life? Realize who you are in Christ. You are his masterpiece. He has chosen you. If you have come to Christ, he has chosen you to do something for him. Um, And I'm not talking necessarily that you've got to go out and be a missionary. When we're talking about serving, I think sometimes people are like, oh, I'm afraid. And and they think of this serving idea, like maybe I'll have to give up everything and go overseas. Um, That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about an everyday servant of God uh, that you plug in and you're involved in serving. And yet there's a little tug of war that happens inside of us. Have you ever noticed that? You hear them say, well, we need help for this. And you say, well, I could do that. Yeah, I, I, could, I could probably do that. And then you say, ah, no, I'm too busy. And then you say, well, and then, then you, hear, you hear another need. Maybe it's the youth ministry. They're saying, well, we need people who come and, and love teenagers with us. And you, and, you, and you hear them, and you listen to them, and it's like, oh, I, I know I could do that, but you know, I'm just really super busy. I don't have the time for that. Or you say, well, the teenagers wouldn't like me. You know, one day I, as a youth pastor, I walked up to Mary Jane Stephan. Mary Jane Stephan, you haven't seen her for a while because she's battling some real health problems. And uh, I went and visited her in the hospital last week, and she, told them, she said to me, she said, do you remember? I said, of course I remember Mary Jane. I, she said, do you remember I was 65 years old and you, you came up to me in church and said, I think you would be great with teenagers. She said, I looked at you and said, you're crazy. And I said, I probably was. But I saw that she could be used by God. And you know, she went over there and there's people in our church today that will tell you that she loved them, cared for them, mentored them. She said, I didn't know enough about the Bible. I'm too old. And she gave all these excuses. And guess what? She was known as the sergeant over there. Uh, Sarge. They called her Sarge. And she, she out for five years over there or something like that. Um, she was, she, no, she couldn't do what the, what the 25-year-old leaders did. But she did something that a 65-year-old leader did. And she came along. She invested in people's lives. She's 82 years old now, 83. And uh, she's still trying to do, plug in and be so, serving God. But see, there's a little tug of war that happens. And, and this is what happened to me uh, a few weeks ago. Talk about serving, and, and you, know, you, just, you just feel like sometimes God n- tugs on your heart to do something. I was with a few guys, and um, actually it was cold, so it must have been a, a, a while ago. And um, I was with a few people, and we were in Pittsburgh, and we were actually meeting with the Bergs, our missionaries. And so uh, we got out of our car, and we came out of the out of the parking garage and I'm walking around and I've got this $20 bill in my pocket and I'm like you know what we have a roll in my house actually my wife has a roll that I don't carry cash because I'll spend it okay and so but I had $20 that day and I'm like I was just thinking so much about a Starbucks coffee or just something like that and I'm like this is wonderful this 20 and I'm thinking about it all day you know it's like when you're not used to having cash it's in there and you're you're thinking about it and so we walk out and this lady walks up to me and says, excuse me, sir, do you have $20? And I'm like, God, no. <laughs> and so I kept going. And I had this tug of war with God. And I said, hang on, guys, I'll be right back. And I went back over and I said, what did you say? She said, I need $20. I need some help tonight. I, I need a place to stay or whatever. And, and, I'm, you know, and so I started having all the excuses. Well, I could give it to her and she could do something wrong with it and not use it. And I was like, wait a minute. God's teaching me something here today. 
God, I wanted a Starbucks coffee. My wife has everything else I own. And I handed the $20 to her. And you know what? I found that day that there was something I was missing out on. I could have just kept going. I don't know what happened to that lady. I don't stop for everybody. But I know that day there was a $20 in my pocket and there was a tug of war between me and God. And it wasn't about the 20. It was about me doing what God was telling me to do. And there was a step of faith there. You see, I'm the workmanship. I'm God's masterpiece. And God is forming me to do what he wants me to do. And he's doing the same in your life. He is forming you to do what he wants you to do. And one great example of this is, uh, is found over in Matthew chapter 14. Uh, if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn over there to Matthew chapter 14. We're going to start in verse 13. Um, God has saved you to serve. He wants to do great things in your life. And, but it takes us stepping out in faith. And we're going to see an example here. Uh, this is a familiar story. As, uh, as we begin to read, many of you are going to say, oh, I've heard this story. But I want you to catch the element of service here that I probably looked over myself many times. Uh, verse 16. I'm sorry, verse 13 here. Verse 13. When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. Uh, what, what had happened, you read earlier on, John the Baptist had been, John the Baptist, who was Jesus' cousin, had been beheaded. Um, the, the, the Herod, Herod uh, was after him, and so he, he had lost his life. And Jesus is in a state of grief here. And so he goes to get alone, and he goes to a quiet place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out and saw a great multitude, he was moved with compassion for them. And he healed their sick. Uh, that, that would happen to me. I could see myself being like that. My wife says, you'll stop for anybody who will talk. And, uh, and I think that's what Jesus did. He saw, per, he saw people. He saw compassion. Even though he was exhausted, he said, this is, this is what I need to do. Verse 15, when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, uh, this is a deserted place and the hour is already late. So Jesus was there. He was teaching all day. And the disciples say, it's already late. Um, you've been healing you've been doing your work send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food now what's happened here is he's saying the disciples are coming to jesus and he says that these people are hungry and if we don't do something they're going to get hangry you know when you're hungry and angry at the same time uh, we've got to send these people away jesus um because we can't even order vicelli's out here this is so far removed we are out here in the in the deserted place and look what Jesus replies to them, though. Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Come before God. He said, uh, God, there's 5,000 people over there. We have no food. We can't even get food out here. We need to send them home. And Jesus says, They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. Now, God gives them a mission here. He says, You give them something to eat. And you know, that's that uncomfortable moment when you see a need and you want to fulfill it, but you're not sure that you can. And that's what happened here. The disciples, they're thinking, we can't do this. We know how to feed people, but we don't know how to feed 5,000. Uh, we're fishermen. We can do what we know how to do, but we, we don't know what you want us to do here, God. So God says, there's a need, meet it. And that happens to us sometimes, isn't it? Like when I walked past the lady who needed $20, uh, God was nudging at my heart, said, there's a need, go meet it. And I gave every reason why I shouldn't. And eventually I surrendered and said, okay, God, I'll just meet the need. And I went and did it. And so the same happens to you. Uh, maybe you're thinking, you, you hear about maybe it's a missions trip or getting involved in a ministry, serving in the community. Maybe it's helping at a food bank. Maybe it's uh, helping at the homeless shelter. Uh, you, you see these images that come before you and you feel compelled, but you say, well, I'm too busy. You know, I can do that twice a year or something. And, and we just kind of back ourselves down and we make all these excuses. Well, that's where the disciples were. It was at that tough moment there. And look what happened here in verse 17. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. 
we have only five loaves and two fish. In other words, how do you expect us to do this? What are you thinking? There's no way that we can feed all these people. And look what Jesus says. He says, bring them here to me. Bring them here to me. Um, It's really powerful because this is what Jesus says to you in your life. The second thought in your notes here. Bring to me what you have. Bring to me what you have. He tells them, I know that you have a few loaves and fish. Bring them to me. And whenever God gets a hold of what we have, that's when the miracles happen. Um, We can give God all the excuses. We can tell him, I can't do this because I'm not smart enough. Uh, You know, you may be afraid of not knowing the Bible enough. Therefore, I can't help with the young people or the children's ministry or or whatever area. And you begin to get afraid and we back down. Uh, Let me tell you something. Children do ask questions from time to time that we may not answer, not know the answer. They're pretty smart, and they have great questions. And I'll tell you what, it's, there's nothing wrong with saying, I'll come back to you on that. You're not a walking encyclopedia. You're a follower of Christ. And so when, when you get into that position, you say, well, I don't know enough. God says, I'm not looking for the qualified. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So when God gives you an opportunity, step up because it just may be that you're missing out. God's not saying, look, you, you have this great ability and that great ability. God doesn't need our great abilities. He needs your availability. And so when we give our availability to him, he says, okay, now I can take this. Uh, you know what? There was nothing special about five loaves and two fish. It was very meager. And they brought what they had and they gave it to Jesus. Um, and, and that's what God wants us to do. Look at verse 19. Then he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. He takes what was in their hands. He says, bring to me what you have. And they take and they give it to Jesus. It's in Jesus' hand. He lifts it up and he prays and he blesses it. And then you know what happened? Same five loaves and two fish he puts in the hand of the disciples. When you give something to God, many times he blesses it and puts it back in your hand. And that's what he did. He took it and he blessed it. Now, there was something miraculous that was going to happen. You see, Peter, James, John, the disciples, they knew how to feed people. They didn't know how to feed 5,000 people. And they said, God, I will do what you want me to do. And look, the next part of the verse says, and the disciples gave to the multitudes. He said, I'll do what you want us to do. God, we've given you what we have. You've blessed it. Now, I know how to feed one person at a time. And they kept feeding, and they kept feeding. And that is the tension. See, this is the moment of tension of service. I want to do, and this is all I know how to do. But God says, step out in faith, and I'll do what only I can do. You see, you, do, you come before God, and you say, here's what I can do, God. And God says, I'm going to bless it. And when you do that, you give God what you can do. And then he says, now, I will bless it, and he does what only he can do. You see, you're thinking about maybe, maybe it's uh, stepping up to serve. Maybe you want to help greet. You want to help be downstairs with the children. You want to help be with the teenagers. I come up here and fix things throughout the week. Um, you know, God says, just, just take what's in your hand. Give it to me. Let me bless it. And then you will go out and you will do what I've called you to do. I will show up. Um, look, verse 20. So they ate. God, God wants to do something in and through you is what I'm saying. God wants to do something in and through you. So they ate, verse 20, so they ate and were filled and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. You know, for some reason, I always thought Jesus blessed it, then he put it down, and all of a sudden there was all this food everywhere. No, he put back in their hands five loaves and two fish, and he kept handing it out. And the disciples said, wow, I thought there was only a half a loaf left. I thought there was only half a lot. I thought thought we were going to run out of fish. And and God did this great thing. You think about stepping into one of the ministries in the church and you say, 
well, I could never transform lives. You can't transform lives. But you can know somebody's name. You can walk down the hallway. You can meet somebody. You can, you can say hi. And see, that is what God does. You say, all right, God, I'll start there. And you know what God does? He starts to bless. And he says, when you do that, I show up and I do what I can do. What only I can do. And that's the powerful thought. There is a connection between faith and service. A huge connection between your faith and service. When your faith grows when you serve God. When you step out of your comfort zone. You see, faith, faith doesn't get to get exercised when we're just all comfortable all the time. When it's all about, well, you know, I have all the personal disciplines. I know all about the Bible. And, and I, I, I've studied the Bible. And I go to Bible studies 16 times a week. If I'm not serving God, I'm not exercising. I'm not, my faith has just become knowledge. And I have to take it more than knowledge. And I have to say, okay, I'm going to let God expand my faith. I'm going to let him grow my faith muscle. There's a connection between faith and service. And what a lesson that was learned here. This lesson here for the disciples was all about trust. It was all about trust. The disciples said, here's what I have. Now, God, you got to do something with it. And that's what I want to encourage you in our church to be involved in serving to step up maybe it's in the ministries of the church find a place you can't serve everywhere but you can serve somewhere and jump in and say okay this is where god's called me and i will i will hand out a bolt in the, in the foyer you know marianne mickick everybody loves marianne uh, she's been out there faithfully for years uh she's she just did what she could do and many of you have reaped a great blessing by the small thing that she can do and it doesn't seem like something overwhelming, does it? But you're all impacted by somebody who's very friendly to you and says hi and tries to remember your name. Uh, the same in our, in our children's ministry. You know, we're not looking for great teachers. We're looking for great people who will love children. Somebody will go in and say, yes, I will know your name. Because in, when I was growing up in this church, there was a man that was in my second grade class. He didn't say two words all year long. I, th I grew up thought he didn't know how to talk. I mean, the guy was that quiet. He was silent. He was the silent partner. There was the man who, who did the teaching, and then there was Mr. Pettigrew. And Matt stood off to the side. And then as I got a little bit older, Matt would come to me after service. He said, hey, you know, I'm praying for you. I was like, what? I didn't even understand it. And he had a powerful impact in my life because through what he did, what he could do. And he gave that to God. And then, you know, he was, he was not a young guy at that time anyhow. He, he looked old compared to us second graders. And I said, wow, look what God has done in this. Look, I can look back at my life now and I see, look at the people who impacted my life. Was it their great teaching? No. It was their great care. It was just that they were there. And God uses people in your life in that way. And you can have an impact on other people around you by just giving God what you have. Now look what happens next in the, in the passage here. Immediately, Jesus left his disciples to get in the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Highly important here that even after victories, we need to go back to God after everything and pray. Now when the evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was against it. And so the night is, is raging, uh, the storm is raging, the night is growing old. And uh, Jesus says, he decides, I'm going to walk on the water, verse 25. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. So Jesus is walking on the water in the sea. When the, when the disciples saw him walk across the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And right here, this is the moment where Peter gets it. Peter's mind is opened up. Peter says, Aha, Jesus, he, when we fed the 5,000, we gave them a few loaves and fish. We did what we could do. And then he did what only he can do. And look what happens to Peter here. Peter replies, 
verse 28 and peter answered him and said lord if it's you command me to come to you on the water now listen peter knew that he could not just jump in the water he waited for the lord's invitation and he responded to the lord's invitation and peter realized that it took the invitation of the lord but what did peter know how to do peter knew how to get out of the boat peter knew how to walk but peter didn't know how to walk on water and so when god invited him he walks look what verse 29 so he said come and when peter had come down out of the boat he walked on the water to go to jesus he walks on the water he doesn't know how to walk on water he knows how to walk so he follows the master and with the master in sight he responds and he says okay i'll do this but by your invitation and peter was really praying a prayer like this lord invite me out of my comfort zone lord invite me out of my comfort zone and i'd like to challenge you to pray something like that lord invite me out of my comfort zone uh, certainly it was not in peter's great dream to ever walk on water i don't think it's been a dream of anybody that one day i could walk on water but he's in the boat in the storm the, it's a storm whipping up here and jesus calls him and says I want to encourage you, know, come to me. And he encourages them. He brings them out. And Jesus looks at him straight on um, and, 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 and calls him out. See, that's the moment. Now, the next part is where, where it gets a little bit tough. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Um, and, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. And said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? And you see what happened here? Peter knew how to walk. He knew how to get out of the boat. He says, Okay, Lord, I'm coming at your invitation. And so he starts walking on the water. And what does Peter do? All of a sudden, he looks around and realizes what he cannot do. I can't walk on water. He looks at his own inability. And in that moment of looking at his own inability, he starts to sink. And he yells out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately grabs him. That's what happens when you step in to serve. When you step up to serve, it's like getting out of the boat. And you say, well, and you have all these excuses. We all make them. And you have all those excuses. Just like me with a $20 bill with the, with the lady on the street. I had every excuse why not to do that. But whenever I stopped, I walked away, and my faith grew. Now, this morning, I've asked a few people to come up and share. I asked our staff to, was there a microphone up here, Rhonda, that I could use for these folks? All right. Um, we're going we're gonna to ask a few people to share here some, uh, some testimonies about serving. And I think, is Rachel also in here? There's Rachel. All right. So we'll get a microphone here. But uh, as we do that, I want to encourage you to stop, uh, to ask yourself, what is stopping you from getting involved? What is stopping you from serving? You, you say, well, my time and, and my, my energy. Well, will this work? Uh, they don't want old people over at the teen center. They don't need old people down. Listen, we need everybody. There's a man uh, who comes here every Wednesday. We have a group of men. They come, and they've given God what's in their hands. We'll put it in here. They, they've given God what's in their hands. And what is in their hands is hammers and drills and saws and they come up here and they fix things all over the church and that's the time that they're available and we're we're praying and asking god that we'll see more times that people are available to come in and serve but the one man in particular he's 82 years old and we're always telling him please don't go up that ladder anymore literally we have big ladder we're up there working on some of this stuff he helped put up this pallet wall he's a mastermind woodworker and I, one day he's walking out here after we're, we're doing one of these big sets for christmas he says i'm just so thankful that i can do this 82 he says if one person came to christ all my time was worth it and you know as a pastor i walk away from there humbled that is so humbling to me because here's a man 82 he could be thinking about a lot more easier things to do than putting windows in the gym come up and put windows in the gym what an incredible guy and that's what God wants us to do. Come and give him what we have. And that man, is, his, his faith is growing. That's why he's still growing. He's still serving. 
And so I'm, I've asked a few people here. Uh, Pam Henderson. Pam, just share a little bit about how that you're serving and the blessing that God's giving you in your life. All right, let's see. What number are we at here? We need a battery. There it is. All right. One, two. <laughs> um, yes, I've started serving in the ministry with the children. Um, I was asked to come in and help with mops one time, and I sort of really enjoyed it. So I told them I would come back and do mops. Um, I also come in and do the kid clubhouse kids. And I brought a little friend in, Ollie. That's what the children like to watch um, when we take them into the other room. And he's pretty good about God. And um, I just, you know, want to give back because everybody in this church was really great with us, my daughter and I, when we were very ill. And I just feel that I'm able to help serve and help with the kids or help anybody that needs any kind of help. My grandmother always said to help people smile and just be happy. And that's why I feel so blessed in being here and saying this to everybody and meeting everybody and just really growing with the church. And I feel very blessed. Thank you. Now, Pam, you, 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 um, you told me that, um, that you, you had, uh, this is kind of relatively new serving about the past year for you. But you stepped up. You heard about somebody was doing something with homeless people. The homeless, yes. I was uh, sitting here one day, and I was uh, listening. I think it was uh, the Reynolds. And um, I told them I'd like to come down and see what it's about. And now I cook some of the food, like the side dishes. And I take them down, and, you know, we feed the homeless and make sure they have warm, you know, good so, warm meal. So you do that on an ongoing basis? Yes, I do that. Nobody Mi- knows about it. The ministry that Until now. Yeah, the ministry uh, that I work with there, uh, Narrowgate Missions, they bring me all the food and the pans and all the necessities and, and whatever. But if they need extra help, you know, I can make other stuff. So she says, here's what I can do. God, you'll have to do what you can do. All right? And then then with the children, you, somebody asked you to help in mops. Right. You help out in mops. And then I just sort of volunteered for the clubhouse kids because it's fun. The kids are fun, and I already know most of them, and... And I'm just Miss Pam, right. and it's just, it's fun. Now, let, let me tell you, not only is she helping us with a lot of needs, there's another thing that's happened. Her faith, now, as a pastor, I've watched her faith grow exponentially. Since she made a commitment to serve, she knew about Bible reading. She was growing. She had been baptized. God was doing great things in her life. When she made a commitment to serve, her faith went, and I've seen a change in Pam's life. Uh, let's thank God for her this morning, right? Thank, thank you. God. Thank you. Chanel Sims. Hi, I'm Chanel. Um, I am one of the leaders for the kindergarten through second graders for Clubhouse Kids. Um, my husband and I moved down here about two years ago now, and um, we found this church about a year ago. We've been coming regularly ever since. Um, we uh, started getting connected a little bit. Ken got us you know, made us feel oh so welcome, and I got to know Chrissy. She got me into the mops group, and that was all great. My husband met a couple of the guys, and I started a little Bible study, and we loved it, but we both knew that we wanted to do a little bit more. Um, He grew up as a pastor's kid, and I grew up in my hometown church. My parents were very involved, so we both knew that we really wanted to be involved in a church, but to be honest, I wasn't sure if I really wanted to give up enough of my precious time to help out with everything. So um, when Courtney got a hold of me. She asked me if I would please help out with Clubhouse Kids because they needed some volunteers and they were running short. So the first thing I did was start making a bunch of excuses that I was going to tell her because I was like, no, I really don't want to do it. So I went home and I made up all these excuses about how my kids have to be in bed by 8 o'clock and it would mess up their schedule. And I just had a baby two months ago and I don't want her around other kids when she hasn't had her shots yet. And I had all these excuses for why I didn't want to do it. Um, but my husband and I went home and we prayed about it and I just felt like God really was telling me that I needed to help out. So the next morning without even thinking about it, I just texted Courtney and I said, yes, I didn't know how I was going to do it, how I was going to figure it all out, but I said, yes, I was going to do it. And I have been so blessed ever since. So I am so glad that I've been able to help out with these kids. And I'm just, I'm definitely not a teacher. I'm not an education major. Um, I'm, I'm not good at teaching at all. I'm not even good at speaking really. But I just show up, and I love those kids every single Wednesday, and that's all that God asked me to do, so I'm there to help them out. So I'm just encouraging all of you. If you're feeling inadequate at all or if you're feeling like you're selfish with your time or just too lazy to do it, try to just set all that aside and just show up because God's going to use you either way. 
Amen. We appreciate you. Thank God for her. She, um, I, I remember Chanel, we were talking in the hallway one day, and she's saying, well, you know, I, I really should be helping in the kids thing, and, and she's giving me all these excuses. I'm like, just do it. Just do it. Why? Not because we need the help, but because I'm watching this girl grow in her faith. These people are growing. Their, their lives are taking off. Why? Because their faith is put into action. And when we step out and we take that step, oh, it's painful, it's hard, it's inconvenient, but that is the regular, it's a small thing. It's just an hour a week. She comes in, they leave tired. But guess what? They get up the next day and it's all right. God's doing great things in their life. Rachel Lent. Rachel, God's been using you. Um, my name's Rachel Lint. I, if you don't know, I'm the phys ed teacher over at Ringgold Elementary North. So um, we were driving an hour every Sunday that we could go to go to my home church. And it just became too much, and we weren't going as much as we wanted. So we, um, my daughter Emma, comes to preschool here. And when I came up and talked to Rhonda, you know, they, she made us really feel welcome. And she said, why don't you come and see how you like it? My concern was... How would I feel going to church with students, with the kids that I teach? How, do, how would that make me feel? So she said, just give it a try. I'm sure you'll be fine. And She's the gym teacher here at the, at the elementary at, center. Yes. So um, she was right. It, it feels good. Of course, the kids love to see me when, um, when I come in. They can't believe, oh, my goodness, Mrs. Lint is here. So that's, that's a, it's a good feeling to know that they love me, and I'm hoping that I'm showing them that I love them. Um, in schools, you're not really allowed to talk about your faith. However, I feel that with me being here and the kids seeing me here, and I, um, I do the Clubhouse Kids activities in the gym on Wednesdays, and um, that's just how I feel like I'm showing my faith out there in the school. And it's so fun to see the kids, like the little York boys are like, don't forget, it's Wednesday night. Or some of the other kids are like, I'll see you tonight. Or that was so much fun last night. And, the, and then the other kids are saying, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And so we tell them, I don't know how many we've gotten, but we've definitely planted seeds in their heads. So it's been a real privilege to be here and um, be, be so welcomed. My husband and I also help in the nursery uh, once a month. And... I kind of wrangle my daughter Molly away from the other kids because she loves to hug and kiss them all, and my husband gets them all excited and yelling and screaming and having fun. So <laughs> we have a lot of fun, and we really appreciate um, the kindness and the welcome, being welcomed into this church and, and uh, showing God's love through having fun, really. Man, let's thank God for these folks. <laughs> I want to encourage you. The, the, um, the small thing of serving, you say, I can love a kid in the nursery, I can pull weeds at the church, you know, I'm also humbled, there's a lady in the back of the auditorium here this morning, she pulls the weeds in the church, she's 82 years old, I see an 82 year old woman pulling weeds at the church, I'm, I feel guilty, but I'm also in awe to be around a family that says we are going to serve God. And that's my encouragement to you. Don't wait for something crazy. God's not looking for something extraordinary. He's looking for ordinary people that he turns in to be extraordinary. Serving is doing what you can do. This is the last point in your notes. Serving is doing what you can do while trusting that God will do what only he can do. It's a hammer on Wednesday. It's a kind word in the hallway. Changing a diaper in a nursery. Pulling the weeds. Shoveling the snow. Whatever it is. Maybe it's the $20 in your pocket as you walk by the homeless person. Whatever it is that God's doing in your life, I'm going to ask you to step out in faith because your faith does not grow in the comfort zone. It will grow when you step out. Let's bow in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, I'd just like to ask you to respond.